0: I'm David Andrews, a senior associate in our technology, media and telecommunications team. And as we await to see definitively, even when there will be an agreed trade deal between the EU and the UK to be put in place before the end of transition on 31 December, I'm going to talk briefly about the impact of Brexit on the technology and telecommunications sector. The recording of this is available in two formats. One where you'll be able to see the slides and the other which is just the audio recording. I'll do my best for this to make sense without the slides. First, the technology sector more generally. The first thing to discuss is the impact on the digital single market. Historically, the UK has been a proponent of innovation in Europe. Following Brexit, the UK will cease to be part of the EU's digital single market. This means it will be important for the UK to have domestic flexibility to ensure the regulatory environment can always respond nimbly and ambitiously to new developments. We'll also see the UK not benefit from EU funding for these strategies, uh, which will add additional barriers to cross-border provision of digital services. In terms of engagement with the EU, the extraterritorial nature of the digital single market will mean that UK businesses still trading with European consumers will remain subject to the regulations, but the UK will lose its seat at the table and its right to have a say in what these rules look like. Owing to this extraterritorial nature, it seems likely that certain components of the digital single market objectives will receive some kind of equivalency in the UK. Of course, there'll be some notable exceptions, including the UK's proposal not to implement the copyright directive, um, which will instead be considered as part of the usual domestic policy process. A definite downside for the UK Uh, is that it will lose out on its funding, as I have mentioned, to promote the the digital single market strategy. And more generally, they won't be able to take advantage of the measures to facilitate the cross-border provision of digital services and to enhance consumer protection across Europe in this context. Uh, As a result of these measures, uh, certain companies will seek to take advantage of the regulatory harmonisation within the EU, and may choose to seek residence in an EU member state rather than the UK. The next factor to consider is the access to skilled workers. Uh, One of the key concerns for the UK tech industry is the access to skills, as the industry has dependency on skilled workers from outside the UK. Currently, businesses benefit from being able to hire talent freely from across the EU. However, this is likely to be impacted by any changes to immigration reciprocity. The final point in the technology sector is the cross-border trade provisions. From the 1st of January, online online service providers will no longer benefit from the the country of origin principle under the e-commerce directive. This means that businesses in the UK will still wish to sell to, to consumers and other businesses in the EU, but to do that, such businesses will still need to comply with a significant amount of EU law including such requirements as may be imposed on them as part of their supply chains with their own EU based customers or due to the extraterritorial application of certain EU laws. Second, the telecommunications sector. The first key point here and probably arguably the the most important um, point to consider from a telecommunications perspective is the treatment of roaming. So the principle of net net neutrality, subject to reasonable traffic management, was codified in the 2015 Roaming and Open Internet Regulation, which abolished retail roaming charges, set maximum wholesale roaming charges between mobile operators across the EU. This regulation would cease to apply upon Brexit, meaning that there's no guarantee of free roaming for UK customers across the EU, and vice versa. The UK government has sought to ensure that UK telecoms companies can continue to trade as freely and competitively as possible with the EU and let European companies do the same in the UK. This led to the publication of the mobile roaming regulations, uh, which had come into force on exit day and removed the current requirement for UK mobile operators to provide surcharge-free roaming in the EU. Other consumer protection provisions contained in EU regulations but not contingent on EU membership will continue to be operable um, and and apply in UK law, such as the default financial limit on mobile data usage abroad um, and requirements for mobile operators to inform customers when certain uh, usage caps are met um, and these will continue to apply in UK law and apply to UK customers roaming worldwide. Whilst a number of the UK mobile operators have suggested that they will continue to offer surcharge-free roaming for UK customers across the EU, it has been noted that this may not be sustainable in the long term, particularly if EU networks increase the wholesale roaming charges that they apply to UK networks. There are also risks that any reduction or removal of caps on wholesale roaming could be disruptive for some operators and have competition distorting effects, um, particularly impacting mobile virtual network operators and operators that aren't part of large European groups. At a time when regulation is moving towards greater harmonisation at the European level, with proposals such as the digital single market seeking to remove any obstacles to a single European digital market, any such change at a UK level will lead to uncertainty for operators as to how they'll be regulated across Europe. This in turn could could have a big impact on consumers at the retail level, something which is likely the UK government and the EU will be keen to avoid. The UK and EU draft free trade agreement. The text of both drafts broadly align, and the intention appears to be to maintain the status quo for telecom services to avoid the disruption to consumers, as I mentioned earlier. These agreements contain provisions aimed at minimising formalities, ensuring bilateral access to UK and EU public telecoms networks and infrastructure, and ensuring independence of UK and EU telecoms regulators. The UK can't escape its fundamental choice, that the more access it has to the the single market, the more obligations it will need to accept. The final piece in the telecommunications puzzle is telecoms regulatory reform. The European Electronic Communications Code will replace four key telecommunications directives and the regulation to increase the power designated to the body, to the BEREC, are required to be implemented by EU member states by 20th of December, 2020, meaning that the UK will be required to implement this too. As to the implementation of the code itself, the UK government's policy remains first and foremost to adopt a copy-out approach to the implementation of the code by use of cross-referencing with minimal amendments to follow as a secondary approach. On balance, the UK government notes that it does not expect significant impacts on consumer protection and the operation of business under the existing telecoms regulatory framework due to the implementation of applicable EU-derived rules for communication providers and of course Ofcom's regulation of telecoms markets in line with secondary legislation. There is a similar expectation that spectrum allocation and assignment for 5G and emerging technologies would be corrected in the same manner so as to allow these functions to continue as usual with coverage and consumer impacts likely to ensure that that any substantive change is minimised, or any divergence is minimised. While the UK wouldn't need to comply with subsequent EU proposals to harmonise spectrum, again, the the coverage and consumer benefits are likely to maintain a status quo. Similarly, the removal of EU state aid rules under, under the DCMS could have removed an obstacle to additional government investment in infrastructure support rural and isolated areas and to bring forward the next generation of network services. However, recent initiatives like the shared rural network go a long way to addressing this concern. We'll also see changes to the reporting and oversight regimes between the EU and and UK. For example, removal of the current requirement for Ofcom to notify certain matters to the European Commission and the role of BEREC. In summary then, While there'll be a number of threats and changes to the technology and telecommunications sectors as a result of Brexit, it is likely that these will not be as substantial as in some of the other areas. For more information on the impact of Brexit on the telecommunications and technology sectors, we have a section on our Beyond Brexit legal guide, which is available on our website. We also note that you can subscribe to our Brexit Notes blog to keep up to date with the latest external materials. Thanks for listening.